Thank you for joining me for our second episode. I cannot tell you how thrilling it is to hear from so many of you since launching the podcast with... It, it was a podcast, not even a podcast. Yeah. Maybe that's the Australian version. Welcome to Conversations with Owens Community College President, Dr. Dion D. Somerville. Welcome to the Conversations podcast. I'm Dr. Dion D. Somerville. We're so excited to be celebrating our one-year anniversary. And listeners, we owe it all to you. Thank you for listening. Whether this is your first time or if you've been with us all year, we're so happy that you've joined us as we explore the issues and meet the people who are important to Northwest Ohio and to Owens Community College. Please take a moment to explore our previous episodes. We've had some amazing guests, and be sure to subscribe to Conversations so that you can join us for future episodes, because there's a lot more to come. Today, we're doing something special. We're going to take a look back at some of your favorite episodes and special moments. So please relax and enjoy your time with us as we celebrate the first year of Conversations. We wanted to give you a picture of the reach of the Conversations podcast. As of March 1st, 2023, we've had more than 600 total unique downloads. That has grown significantly since our first day, which saw 25 downloads. Most of our listeners are in Toledo, and we have listeners in 10 countries as far away as Australia. We have a loyal following in Brussels, Belgium, where we have more than 70 downloads. If you're listening, Brussels, thank you. And if you're so inclined, could you send us some chocolate? So we wanted to share a little bit about why we started the Conversations podcast. For me personally, as someone relatively new to the community, everywhere I went, when you would talk to people about Owens, everyone had an Owens story. There was some way that either they were a student or had started their path here or someone in their family or a coworker. Someone always had a story about Owens and the positive impact that it had on them. We needed to tell this story. We needed to be able to highlight aspects of the community and how we're interrelated and interwoven throughout our communities and to highlight some of the fantastic partnerships and relationships we have. Some of those have been our podcast guests. For example, we had Adam Levine, who leads the internationally known Toledo Museum of Arts, and to hear his perspective on arts and education was enlightening. Or we had Sheriff Mark Vasilishin from Wood County. And even though he talked about changes in law enforcement, Probably one of the highlights was his mnemonic device on how to remember how to pronounce his name. So Vasilishin was close to watch and listen. And recently we had Ann Ebert, who's the CEO of Cherry Street Mission. And the passion for the work in helping people live lives of purpose is pretty amazing. So we wanted to be able to share some of our favorite moments or themes from all of our podcast guests. Our first podcast guest was Randy Gardner. Chancellor of the Ohio Department of Higher Education. He was a perfect first guest because he really set the tone. He talked about higher education, he talked about Northwest Ohio, and he talked about it from not only the community and regional level, but also what it meant to the state as a whole. Anyone, any CEO who's thinking about expanding or moving anywhere in the greater Midwest has to at least make the phone call to Ohio and say, What are you doing there that attracted the largest investment? of this type of technology to the state, the semiconductor chips uh, industry, which is just important to almost every aspect of our lives. And they chose Ohio. Just phenomenal. 
So it is going to give us the opportunity to build on that. There will be some jobs that will will barely need more than a high school education. There, there are some. There will be others that will have technical credentials and certificates. There will be some with associate degrees. There will be some with bachelor's and master's and doctorate. It's, it's the whole gamut. It's what we talk about, this diversity of opportunity. And where the community colleges come into play, about 70% of the jobs are not going to require a four-year degree with respect to Intel. So there are technology-based, uh, engineering-based type of occupations, jobs that are going to be perfect for community colleges to participate in. Uh, we're still learning a little bit more specifically uh, what Intel, Intel's in charge of this. Uh, we're not deciding, we're not telling Intel what, what they need and what's best for them. This is driven by the private sector, but they will be uh, providing some investment, some specific opportunities, and just additional things for students to say, if you come to Ohio, look at what's available. Look at the jobs and the additional multiplier effect of what Intel and this new momentum on technology and innovation is going to mean for the state. There's something for everyone in this, but especially community colleges will be right in the forefront of uh, helping build out the Intel experience. And on top of that, the momentum that this will generate. Ohio is winning, and uh, this is a, a great example of that. And mo the momentum carried forward is going to be just unmistakable. So Owens uh, campuses of the state need to be ready because there's going to be lots of opportunity for you and for your students and for your faculty to really be a part of Ohio's. Uh, I don't know if I want to call it a renaissance that's been used before, but there's clearly a lot of momentum going forward in this state. Next, we had Allison Armstrong. She's an alum of Owens, and she's the chief of Toledo Fire and Rescue. What our listeners obviously don't get to hear are the conversations before we record and the conversations afterwards. And she was so gracious because she actually answered my questions about Chicago Fire and Backdraft. And yes, if you're wondering, she did watch the movie Backdraft. By way of background, one of my brothers is retired police officer, and he knows that I do like watching crime shows. I do like Chicago PD and Chicago Fire and Chicago Med, and so I'll tease him every so often, and I'm like, come on, you mean you couldn't get a DNA test done in five minutes? I mean, what what's the issue there? And so he always tells me that Dion, that is not exactly how it works. And so for Chicago Fire, I'm not, you don't have to disclose if you watch it or not, but in general, how on par are those kinds of programs with reality and what actually happens in, um, in real life? So I do not watch those shows, <laughs> but I do know something about them because my 13-year-old son and my mother, who is currently live with, living with us, watches those shows. So they talk about it all the time, which is kind of funny that the 13-year-old and the 71-year-old sit there and watch the shows together and talk about it. But from the little bit that I've watched with them, mm -hmm. I would say it's semi-realistic, I would call it. Mm -hmm. uh, they tend to take the extremes of things mm -hmm. and jam them all into like a one hour episode. That's what I've seen. Uh -huh. I think it's gotten better because if you look at, at a movie like Backdraft, for uh -huh. example, you know, that was very unrealistic, but I think it's gotten better because I at least see that they wear SCBAs, which is our breathing you know, apparatus and masks on, mm -hmm. on Chicago fire. So that makes me happy because that is more realistic, <laughs> but some of the things that happen are not, not necessarily realistic. I also have a lot of appreciation for our K through 12 partners. We've interviewed superintendents Dr. Romulus Durant from Toledo Public Schools and Dan Kreps from Rossford Schools. Their mission, 
their service to our region through education, to young people, what they do with their facilities, responsiveness to their community, and looking at education in a specialized workforce development way is absolutely incredible. I appreciate their partnership and the passion that they bring for the students and the communities that we all serve. But as a superintendent, you have the ability to have influence on multiple layers of different areas and and education, community, the political politics that's behind many things and et cetera. Really laid uh, the opportunity of understanding when we trace back to my coming to Wade High School made a huge difference Mm -hmm. because I would be able to expose to the various socioeconomics various race that were at the school because it's very diverse. At the same time, the religions, understanding the different religious community, when Ramadan's happened, as well as other fasts that happen throughout the year. And so all that happened just merely by going to school among kids who celebrated those things. And so that really laid the foundation of wanting to be a superintendent. And, you know, I've just been blessed to be a superintendent here at the school district that I came up through. We really want to open all the opportunities. So all of our students that come into our district, and I know all of our colleagues in the area probably feel the same way, and you and I have talked about this a number Mm -hmm. of times, right? The important part is to open the opportunities to to provide the foundation, obviously, but also our students come to us with all different sorts of needs and interests and passions. And so um, from our perspective, it's let's open their eyes to as much as that as we possibly Mm -hmm. can. Let's give them insight into a possible career pathway. That may or may not change as they continue to grow and experience different things. But it's so important for us to make sure that we're just informed. Mm -hmm. Hey, right here, yeah, it's right down the street, but I think you seem to forget all of the things Mm -hmm. that Owens offers you right here in our backyard. You don't have to go two, three hours away. Um, It's right here. And please experience that, explore that. And then as we work together, those experiences come to mind. And again, we can work together to make sure that kids get that exposure. Several of our guests talk about economic development. We had Dean Monsky, who heads Regional Growth Partnership, Director of Development for the State of Ohio, Lydia Mahalik. We also had Tim Miley, who at the time that we interviewed him, was the Director of Economic Development for Finley-Hancock County and is now the inaugural Executive Director of the Center for Advanced Manufacturing and Logistics, the partnership between Owens Community College, Bowling Green State University, and the University of Finley. Them being able to talk about economic development, what community colleges bring in terms of workforce development, how it impacts companies who locate and actually want to remain in the area was absolutely critical. And last but not least, we have to talk about Jack Hershey, who is the president of the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. He was able to talk about community colleges from a very holistic perspective, what they do in terms of the state of Ohio, the regions they serve, and our students. He had a very incredible journey himself as a student and how it manifests in him becoming the president of OACC. There are 11 million Ohioans. There's one governor. There's 132 members of the legislature. There's no way they can interact with every Ohioan and figure out all their opinions. So government relations to me is not so much the interacting with legislators. Mm -hmm. It's the interacting for me with the people I represent, Mm -hmm. right? It's trying to figure out what do we agree on? 
And if we can all agree on something, then I can go talk to a legislator and say, this doesn't just benefit your community college. It doesn't just benefit the employers in your area. It doesn't just benefit the people who are enrolled in our programs. This benefits everyone in Ohio. And every legislator, I think, is, I mean, they are first and foremost there to represent their area, but they also have a commitment to the state. To me, when you can bring that kind of work, which is never, it's not easy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, bringing that kind of a diverse group of opinions together takes some work. But once you get it done, you then present a very unified front to Mm -hmm. public officials. Uh, That's the real work of government relations because public officials at the same time, they're lobbyists themselves, Mm -hmm. right? If you see them out in the community, you see them at a chamber event or at a community event, they're there talking to people, trying to figure out people in their area, what they care about, what their interests are. Also that they can go back and talk to their fellow legislators Mm -hmm. and advocate and say, listen, I really think we need to do this and this because it helps here. And then by doing that, they find out, oh, well, there's other legislators who care about this. And then you Mm -hmm. just, you form coalitions, which is what all of this is about, right? I I remember President Gee telling me Ohio State wouldn't win if they did things all by themselves. Mm -hmm. Ohio State probably could, right? I mean, Ohio State could go in and probably say, we want this and they could do it. But he saw it as they could do better for Ohio State if all of higher education worked together. So one of the things that's so neat about the Conversations podcast is that everything is truly Owens. For example, our sound engineer is an Owens alum, and this anniversary special is completely his idea. I'd like to introduce him to you. Herbie Atkinson graduated from Adrian High School, located in Adrian, Michigan, in 1997. Herbie worked in the manufacturing sector as a skilled labor die setter until 2015, where he was given the opportunity to be laid off and attend Owens Community College full-time. In the fall of 2017, Herbie graduated with honors from Owens Music Business Technology Program and was hired to manage Owens Community College Radio, where he served as an intern in the station, earning an Intercollegiate Broadcast System nomination for Best Celebrity Interview. Herbie hosts his weekly talk show, The Morning Expresso Show, on Thursday mornings on OCCR as part of their What's New Thursdays lineup. He is also the host of Radio P. Coso, a Latino music program that airs on Sundays from 1 p.m. until 5 p.m. on 103.9 WLEN out of Adrian, Michigan. Herbie is also the owner of Impact Media Group of Michigan that specializes in audio production, live sound, and mobile DJ services. Herbie is happily married to his lovely wife, Jamie, and they have three children. Dr. Somerville, I would first like to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to work on the Conversations podcast. I absolutely love every aspect of my part in this podcast, from the recording of it and getting to listen to every interview, from editing it to producing it to putting it all together. I truly cherish every bit of the time that I get to work on this great podcast. This podcast stands as proof that Owens Community College is something special. Like you said, this entire podcast is Owens made and Owens proud. The theme music for the Conversations podcast was made and produced by an Owens alum, Joshua Jump of Jump Productions based out of Toledo. I called Josh up and the product that he delivered really set the tone and the vibe for the Conversations podcast. I am humbled by the opportunity to 
do what I do here for the Conversations podcast. With every podcast guest so far, I've learned something new every single time, whether it be their path to a higher education or the hard work that each and every one of our guests is doing for the state of Ohio and Owens Community College and the community at large. I'd like to take this time to uh, share with you my favorite moment of the Conversations podcast. Although I enjoyed every guest and every story that was, was told, the one that sticks in my mind the most is the Reverend John Jones and the story he shared about his late grandmother and the struggle she endured being a woman of color, being a Baptist pastor in a time where those things were absolutely taboo. You can absolutely hear the love and pride he has for his grandmother by just the way he speaks about her. One of the things that really strikes me mm -hmm. about your grandmother, she had to be swimming upstream. Every day. So when you think about that and having one of the people who you love most in your life experiencing that, what was that like? I mean, Baptist churches still argue about women in the pulpit. You know, there's, I mean, there's like a whole list of things that when you say she was ahead of her time, she was a trailblazer. Straight up trailblazer. She was a pioneer trailblazer. And and our church is celebrating 50 years this year, mm. right? Congratulations. So, so we're celebrating 50 years. 72 is when we started. So dad's been preaching for 50. Mm -hmm. Church has been around for 50. My parents actually got married in 72 as well. So we celebrated their 50th anniversary oh, this year. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, but with my grandmother, very true, and this is, this is a true story. When people look and they say how strong of a leadership in church mm -hmm. we have, and they recognize my dad's leadership, so on and so forth, my dad will quickly pivot it mm -hmm. and say we wouldn't have anything if it wasn't laid on the right foundation. So obviously God is the right foundation, but then my grandmother built this, and it was all uphill. It was all pushing every single day. But to see people recognize, wow, y'all are really good, and y'all are really strong, and it's like, yeah, we are, because God used that woman mm -hmm. to do all of that. And like I said, I had an up-close, front-row seat. Yeah, he did. I would ride with my grandmother. There was a pastor in Chicago. Her name was Trudy Trim. I would ride my grandmother to Chicago. So she would go there. Like I said, it was a handful, but not many. And so I would hear her, mm -hmm. you know, as she would talk about things and how she thought about things. And her story is one that I'm trying to debate if I write this book or not because her story is one that is just so wild. I mean, she went through financial struggles. She went through all of this. And then when she passed away, she left a huge amount to my dad and he was the only one, but she went through all of these struggles and climbed each of those hills. And I got to see her do that. And it basically tells me there's nothing, there's nothing, mm -hmm. there's nothing you can't do. If a black woman can pastor a church and establish the foundation and format and all those different things. And so that's the reminder that's that I have. But she also said, you know, you got to be smart with what you do, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why she was a part of the NAACP and why she was a part of all those things. So watching her navigate every mm -hmm. single step, and that's why I talk about her like I do, mm -hmm. because the Lord promised her that he would give her name honor. Even though she went through all kinds of hell and high water, he promised her he'd give her name honor. And when, and when she passed and he called my dad into ministry, he told my dad, as I was with her, I'm going to be with you. This is the reason why I do what I do, because I'm not doing it for me. Yep. It's not, this ain't for John. I, if I wanted to do stuff for John, I could go be making a whole lot of money.
but it's all been that kind of walk. And what right. I learned from her and what I learned from my dad is that you have to make choices and decisions not on what you see, but on mm -hmm. what you don't see. And mm -hmm. that's what she did. Her walk was one of pure faith. And it didn't happen overnight. She had to learn that. And mm -hmm. she learned it and she learned it and she learned it. And I think she mastered it before mm -hmm. she got out of here. And that allows me to be able to see it. And I'm learning it and being able to master it that's and grow. Amazing. So, yeah, she's she is she is one of my heroes. Oh, yeah, she should be. Um, Daddy well. is one of them, too. But she's one of my heroes. And every time I get a chance to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it. Sure. Well, my free conversation, President Somerville, are you following the order of the questions that you sent? And you don't have to. I'm I, just curious. I always start with the first question, okay. and depending on what you say, it kind of yeah, goes yeah, from yeah. there. Okay. <laughs> you may have heard from some of the other podcasts that we've done. I always like to ask our guests how they started their higher education journey. What was the deciding factor for you that you knew that you needed education beyond high school? One of the things that I'm always very interested in asking our guests is how you decided or how you knew that you wanted education beyond high school. Can you talk a little bit about your college-going journey? One of the things we like to do with all of our guests is to ask them how you knew you wanted to go to school. What made you decide that you needed education outside of high school? As you know, I always like to ask our guests how they decided that they needed education beyond high school. And tell me about your story. Absolutely. I'm always happy to talk to you, Ruby. We're just getting a real hot signal. I don't know what. Oh, what does that mean? It's So it's like overly loud, and I don't know why it's overly loud. Oh. That's the industry jargon. I feel as though I learned something new just now. And so I am appreciative of you sharing that knowledge and insight with me. You are very normal. <laughs> so when somebody says they have like a hot mic, mm -hmm. that means like it's about the feedback. It's a, get, that, get that feedback. Or I'm, in my case, it's super duper, like it's making big waves. Your your vocal range is like really super. So hot mic doesn't mean that it was on and you didn't think it was on? In political terms? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different kind of hot mic. <laughs> yeah. In political terms, yeah. That's, that's no, that's too funny. But not in like regular. <laughs> well, with everything being virtual during the, you know, shutdown of the pandemic. I think a lot of people learned that alternative message of hot mic. <laughs> they were on and they didn't think they were on the whole bit, right? His text messages had the same, you know, notification tone. Mine has a different one now. I'm like, hmm, maybe she changed that. Am I going to say something or just surprise him one time? Maybe I'll like go in his phone and like change it again and see what happens or something like that. <laughs> I used to do that. Just go and change people's settings? No, my own. Uh-huh. You know, depending on who it was, but then the smartphones, yeah, doesn't matter. It's yeah. just so much easier to just leave it all one, you know. It's not like it was fun when phones were first. Right. Novel, novelty thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Different ringtones for different people. And... Yeah, it's too much to remember. I had a I had a notification tone that I loved. Um, 
that was a uh, cartoon that that we used to watch but it was it was it became too much and a lot of times you know you're you get multiple te- and, uh, yeah. and so yeah that that's the only real cute fancy one I've ever had all right I think we're ready you ready in three two One of the things I've loved most about this podcast is hearing how much our guests love Owens. And you know what? We love them too. And we love our listeners. We couldn't do this without you. Herbie, this retrospective has been so much fun. I've loved revisiting the time we've spent with all of our partners and leaders from throughout the community over the past 12 months. I continue to be inspired by each and every conversation. And listeners, I hope you are too. If you have an idea of who you'd like to hear on the Conversations podcast, just send us an email at presidentsomerville at owens.edu. And Somerville is spelled S-O-M-E-R-V-I-L-L-E. Please remember to subscribe and join us for future conversations. Next time, we'll be talking to 13ABC's Christian Brown. Until then, take care. Take care.